This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce. Welcome in to another edition of Bragging Rights Week 5 Recap, Week 6 Preview, one big podcast this week. I am trying to muster every bit of energy, every bit of vocal composure that I have here, Pierce. I was uh, out of pocket this past weekend, did an annual girls trip that I always do, and then came back with, I don't know, a nasty cold, I guess. I took a COVID test. It's not COVID, but it's, uh, I am down bad, was, uh, was laid up most of the day with some type of low-grade fever situation. So we're going to knock this out for you. That's why you're only getting one podcast this week. My apologies, but we figured something is better than nothing, and uh, we know that you guys look forward to this each week. Before we get into everything that is on tap for today, I need to introduce my co-host. I'm Madison. I'm joined, as always, by my brother, Pierce. Pierce, how are you? Uh, you know, it's only fitting that you're playing injured right now, and, and I'm playing injured, maybe not as bad, but for some reason... For someone who really never gets headaches, I, I have had one all day today. So um, if I seem a little bit uh, ticked off, it's because I look too hard to the left or right and the headache uh, pops up and and uh, have se- severe pain in my behind my left eye. But no, I, you know, mixed emotions coming into this week. I This past weekend was fun. It was good in one aspect with my alma mater, but the team that I follow and follow most closely and, and have been a lifelong fan of sucked. Um, and so a lot of weird things happened. It was kind of a, I've heard some people describe it as a humbling week. Um, you know, there were some teams that were humbled, uh, you know, and we'll get into some of those. Um, we also had had another week of, of Brian Harson holding on and, 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 and uh, two other coaches were fired before him, which is just blowing my mind. Uh, so still some great storylines to get into. Uh, and I know this might be a little quicker, of a recap than, than normal, but excited to jump in because there were some some fun games and some some quite wild games as well, and a lot to cover. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh you know I was not next to a TV, so you're. It's kind of a good thing we're not doing much of a recap here. I didn't have to really prepare much. There is a couple of things I want to hit on with you, just so you can kind of be my fill it in type of person. But I, I do know that I was standing there and checking my phone throughout the, all Saturday. And was a little flabbergasted at what was happening, uh, culminating in, get this, get this. So culminating in the fact that I finally get to a TV late at night to watch, to try to watch Georgia come back. And the hotel that I was in had Dish Network. Well, you know what happened this weekend, don't you, Pierce? Dish and Disney, their contract was up, couldn't reach um, any kind of uh, agreement there. And so Dish had not ABC. Not ESPN, ESPN2. I don't know if that TV would have gotten an SEC or an ACC network. Nothing. So <laughs> ended up watching like Harry Potter instead and just refreshing my phone every two seconds. Uh, not an ideal situation when you're sweating out your favorite team just trying to win, let alone, you know, cover was out the door, but just trying to win there on the road in Como. Uh, let's jump in here, Pierce. Let's talk about our good, our bads, and our downright uglies for the week five slate. And my good of the week. And when I said this, it wasn't on your list to peel back a layer of the onion. Pierce and I kind of talk about, Hey, here's what I'm thinking about. I might do for mine. So we don't have repeats. We can make sure we cover a bunch of stuff. And I said this cause it wasn't on yours. And you said, Ooh, a good one. I forgot about that. The Kansas 
Jayhawks had Iowa State come to town and they won 14 to 11. They are now 5 and 0 on the season and for the first time in school history, or I guess maybe for the actually it should be better to say in college game day history, they will be going to Lawrence, Kansas to take or to uh, to lay the groundwork for that matchup of your alma mater going and taking on Rock Jock Jayhawk. Uh, you know, here's the thing. No one thinks they're going to win a national championship, but they're playing really good ball in a very interesting Big 12. Um, and I'm interested to see what happens with them down the stretch. They could very, really get exposed. Um, but I, I, I've touted him before. Lance Leipold, what he's doing there. The turnaround that that team has had is phenomenal. I think they were only uh, the over-under that Vegas gave was two, two and a half wins on the season. They've blown past that. They look pretty dang strong, and I'm excited to see what has what's on tap. I do think maybe they get exposed this week, Pierce, based on what we saw with TCU. But if there's any kind of a hangover effect, we know it's going to be rocking in there, and uh, that's going to be a very, very fun environment for them. So good on the Kansas Jayhawks getting it done and moving to a perfect 5-0 in the season, 14-11, like I said, that final score there. What was your good performance of the week, Pierce? Well, first, I got to say, you know TCU's bl- going to black out their stadium, apparently? <laughs> This Try week? to black out Kansas Stadium? Yeah. yeah, I don't know how many oh fans gosh. are going to get in there. Usually in years past, it'd be like going to a road a road game at Vandy. But right. uh, I do expect with game day that this is going to be a pretty raucous environment. So uh, my good of the week is Clemson. The Clemson Tigers had their biggest test of the season. Um, quite frankly, back-to-back toughest games of their season. If you look at the back half of their schedule, ten, it looks... With, uh, with some of the programs not maybe stepping up, it looks like FSU is the only one that uh, could give them a scare, at, at, you know, albeit if they if they show up um, for some of these these crummier uh, matchups. But Clemson, biggest game of the season. It was a revenge spot from last year, having lost uh, in Raleigh. And Clemson just did what they needed to do. Uh, DJ has is starting to look more comfortable. And, and really, there were moments in the Georgia Tech game, the first game of the season for, for DJ that, you know, he had to it looked shaky, looked like he wasn't ready to pull the trigger, but man, they are utilizing him in a much better way now. He he led the team in rushing with 73 yards. Um, when you've got a guy that big and strong, you know, a la Josh Allen, you got to use him. I mean, the Bills aren't afraid to let him go out there and get dinged. I know he does a lot of that on his own, but DJ, that's that's probably his biggest weapon at the moment. Um, he, he doesn't have the threats downfield like he had his freshman year when he came in and spelled Trevor Lawrence. Um, but he's doing a good job of not turning the ball over, you know, not making those key mistakes, in, 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 in especially in this big of a game, which could be the difference. You know you're going to get a good effort on defense. Um, and, and so really it's about being efficient, running the ball, and, and being opportunistic when you do throw. And they did that. They got p- uh, past their toughest test of the season. And, uh, you know, to be quite frank, I, I don't – I think Clemson's the first one to have uh, – the first one to probably have clinched the playoffs. They just don't have much competition moving forward. Um, so I, I think Clemson uh, is going to grab a spot in the playoffs, albeit if they uh, don't lay an egg somewhere. And I don't see that happening with their defense and with uh, with DJ uh, looking a little more confident, confident this year. So my good is the Clemson Tigers. The Clemson Tigers. Yeah, a lot of people suspected that they took a step back last year, and we all kind of pumped the brakes here at Bragg and said they did finish with 10 wins, y'all. They're not They're not the this team that's fallen off a la the 2019-2020 LSU Tigers. Like, they're still good, and they have, like you said, finally figured out how to use DJ Uwe Ungalale. Um, and that defense is just, it's just, it is what it is. 
Um, all right, let's talk about our bad performances of the week. My bad performance of the week, Pierce, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. They were number 21 in the nation, and Purdue was coming to town. Now, we love to say Purdue is the type of team that mucks it up and is going to play spoiler to you, but typically you'd see that at home. But they go on the road and take down the undefeated Golden Gophers 20-10. to 10. But the story here is really what Minnesota wasn't able to do. Good on, uh, good on Purdue to do what they have done under Jeff Brom. But what Minnesota, for everything on the line, and to have a lot of people who started turning their eyes, right? And they're not a team that's going to get a lot of hype. They're in the Big Ten. There's a lot of big brothers in that in that conference. But they looked to be putting the pieces together. Things looked to be good. Row the boat, P.J. Fleck. Um, Ibrahim uh, was back and playing well. And they were they were tied neck and neck, 10 to 10, going into the fourth quarter, but then 10 points there from the Boilermakers to spoil the Golden Gophers. They'll finish the season now, undef- or um, sorry, unranked, I should say. Uh, he did have Ibrahim. Uh, I did say he he played. I don't think he played all this game. Pierce, you have to correct me he on that. He did not. He He's a, been um, back, okay. to your point. He's been yeah. back, but he did not play in this one. But to tie into your bad... You know, I know he's a special back. We've, I mean, how many times have we come into this? And I've had him as a bragger over the years. But you'd, you'd still think that Tanner Morgan and company could get it done without him. Is he that big of a deal? So I love this pick by you uh, in this bad spot. Well, and one of the things, Pearson, you were going to talk about it here when we talk about the George Bulldogs is you can't turn the ball over and expect to win these games. Obviously, it worked out for Jordan. You turn it over a couple times. But uh, Minnesota not able to to overcome some of those mistakes that happened and like I said, when you're under the national spotlight and everybody's looking at you, was this the big noon game? I think it might have been. Um, I think for, you're right. For, for Fox, yeah. I think it was the big noon game for Fox. Just not great for them. And I know my my boss, I don't think he listens to this. I hope he doesn't listen to this. But he's a uh, he's a big Minnesota guy. That's how he uh, he came came down to Atlanta by way of Minnesota. And uh, he was texting and all excited, all excited. And then I didn't hear from him the rest of Saturday. So bad, bad situation there for them but hey guess what hockey season's coming guys all right what's you your bad said it right of the week? minnesota <sighs> you put a little emphasis on it there minnesota that <laughs> minnesota. might just be the fever talking my bad of the week is the ou oklahoma sooners going into fort worth and and listen i know i'm going to catch some flack for this because how can you not put them as a as an ugly and it and it was ugly for for a most of this game but here's why i'm not going to put them in that ugly spot mainly because it's not like they were playing some podunk school that's going to go five or six wins this season dcu i think has solidified themselves as a front runner in this big 12 conference uh and quite frankly should and could go 10 wins this season um or at least nine uh when you look at it this was a game that ou uh, tcu thought was probably one of the more tougher games on their schedule um and and i'll tell you for a team coming off a loss against kansas state at home for their first loss of the season, you thought they'd come out and and, and they and and TCU would get the best attention and the best uh, you know motivating uh, a t- motivated team that they would get or could possibly get from OU. They decide to receive to open the first uh, first half, which I thought was interesting. But I understand, you know, they they they're a pretty good offensive team. And the first play of the game, they fumble. It was poked out by a TCU defender. They go right down the field, score. And really from there, it was a runaway freight train. And quite frankly, TCU could have scored more. They led up in the second half, rightfully so. Uh, Another reason I don't want to put OU in the ugly is because their quarterback did get hurt uh, in the second quarter. And he was struggling uh, for a quarter and a half. He had a lot of overthrows. But here's the thing. A guy like him is going to find it eventually. 
and, and and despite some of those overthrows, he had guys open. Um, so I don't think they would have even they would have ever come close to winning this game, but they could have been within 14 points of TCU. Uh, but yeah, they just and I did hear from some inside sources today that the TCU players were really surprised to to that this OU team just kind of laid down for them. Uh, once TCU got a big lead and, and was in command of that ball game, there wasn't much fight. Uh, and, and I and even it was uh, it was mentioned at halftime when Venables was coming out of the stadium or coming out from halftime. Uh, a reporter m- did mention that she overheard in the locker room, and it was very quiet. And Venables was just saying, "We're going to see who wants to play football on this team moving forward." Um, so it, it got bad there. They did have some injuries, but uh, man, it, they laid down, and it was not a good look. And I'm not sure where OU. Uh, goes from here but uh it's looking like venables is is has not gotten this defense turned around and clicking like ou fans thought a couple weeks ago and uh they've got a long road to road to hoe here as far as getting back in contention for this big 12 getting some upset wins and gosh i just keep looking forward to looking uh, ahead to them joining the sec they do not want to enter the sec uh with a lot of question marks so ou is my bad performance of the week but they just ran into a better team yeah, that's uh, that was the big thing I saw this week. Pierce was just Oklahoma might be rethinking that SEC thing. Um, you know, it's not like Venables doesn't have everything at his fingertips. There, Lincoln Riley did a really good job. He's got his whole. He's not. He got a turnkey program, Pierce. So we'll see how he rebounds here with the Red River rivalry on deck. All right, time for ugly performances of the week. I got to go with the Pitt Panthers. It's funny, Pierce. Week was it zero? It was week zero that they had the. Um, Oh hell, I can't remember the name of the game that they play the the back, the border brawl or whatever that they play with the West Virginia. Brawl. Thank you. They reignite that rivalry there, and it was all it was one of the best games that you could possibly start a season with from an entertainment standpoint. Tennessee comes to town. They played them really tough, and you think to yourself, okay, like maybe there's something here post Kenny Pickett, and then to have Georgia Tech fresh off of firing Jeff Collins come to your stadium and lose is just pitiful it's downright ugly Pitt is bad any flashes of brilliance they had at the beginning of the season must either be a fluke or those two teams I mentioned previously are not all that good and I just don't see it getting better for them they gotta you know they're getting into conference play here and it's just gonna I think it's just gonna continue to get worse for them I'm not sure what side of the conference they play on off the top of my head but even then, I mean, it's oof, it's tough. We'll see. We'll see what they're able to do. But you know, Kidon Slovis, even though he's putting up good numbers, he doesn't necessarily look the part. So I'll be interested to see what they're able to do with the rest of this season, moving into next. But just a really ugly performance to, like I said, to let Georgia Tech come in and and you know make you look as sad as you looked. Not a good performance by my standards. What's your ugly performance of the week, Pierce? Man, that's a good one on your part. I that game flew under the radar, um, but boy, it was that ugly by Pitt. Mine is equally as ugly, or or pretty. Maybe I shouldn't go that far, but it's it's pretty darn ugly. Anytime your head coach gets fired after a game of this uh, like this, it's it's ugly. And that is the Wisconsin Badgers. Listen, they should never let Illinois come into their ballpark and push them around like that. It also really stings for Wisconsin Badgers fans because you've got a coach in Paul Chris who's been so loyal uh, to your program. And he's third all-time in wins there in Madison. He's one win behind 
the opposing team's coach. So the team that the the coach that you fire or you, that left your program because you wouldn't give him what you want, what he wanted, uh, you get his replacement coming in, Paul Christ, and then that former coach ends up coming in and just really dog walking this Wisconsin team. Listen, a Wisconsin team should never should never have under seventy five yards rushing at the least and or at the minimum, and they only got two yards on the day. I don't care. Uh, which what team you are that should never happen let alone a team that really prides itself on running the football and having a good offensive line and good running backs uh, and 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 at some point I get what Paul Chris was trying to do uh, trying to you know bring in a guy like Mertz and and you know turn this team into a more modern day offense but it hasn't worked for for two and a half years now and and at some point you got to realize all right I need to cut my losses here let's go back to running the football and running those type of schemes and running plays and and Man, they just got whooped on Saturday by Illinois, who, man, I'll tell you, Illinois looks like a pretty darn good ball club. Elam has turned that thing around a lot quicker than I would have thought. But a Wisconsin team that, that you know, I'm surprised they did it during the season, but they do have a guy on staff in Jim Leonard who who they do like, and it seems like he might be the front runner to get that gig. So they may want him to have a half a season. But, boy, you know, anytime you lose to Illinois is bad. And when you lose by 24, it's equally as bad. And when you only run for two yards, it's the worst thing imaginable for Wisconsin fans. Um, and so my ugly is the Badgers of Wisco. A little bit of a revenge spot there for Bielema, getting uh, get some revenge there on those Badgers. Uh, yeah, not not great. You don't want to lose to Illinois, especially at home, and for it to be bad enough to fire your head coach, you know. But they're making the right move. It's exactly what Iowa should do, but they're not doing it. All right, let's talk about how everyone did this week with the Pick'em Pool. I happened to be on vacation this past week with my friend Emily, and she was checking, and she was keeping me up to date because her dad, who I don't think listens to this show, but just wanted to be a part of the pool, he won the weekend, Pierce. He went 12-7 and outright winner of week five. Good old Randy Houck there getting the win. In second place, or tied for second place with me, is Matthew G5600. UCF Knights fan, oh four Som Som all summer, and uh, Carly and MK four thousand and four all tied there for that uh, that fourth spot. You did not have a hot week, Pierce. You did not do that great. You finished dead last at the bottom of the week five leaderboard, going four and fifteen on the hey weekend. Now. Hey now, looks. I think I mentioned. <laughs> I know we talked about this, but remember, we left last week, and I, I said, "Oh boy, I've got all all favorites with a lot of ratty lines." So I kind of felt this one coming. Um, so I'm not surprised. Just when a lot of weird things happen like this, I tend to kind of be on the opposite side of the record. So unfortunate week, but we'll bounce back. Well, it was a good week for me because of the way that you finished and the way that I finished. On the year-to-date leaderboard for the first time, I'm at the top, beating you by one point. You're sitting with 60 points. I've got 61. Randy Houck has 58. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, you're in good company. Dad only finished, I think, one or two better than you uh, on the week. When it comes to just our individual 10 games, pick them, Pierce. I went 8-2. and two, You went 6-4. and four. So fared a little bit better there, but uh, I just happened to have a pretty good week. Maybe that's why your week looks... Looks so dang poor. All right, let's run through really quick. Sorry, we're not going to be getting into too much about these games, but I want to go ahead and tell you what happened in case on this Wednesday you haven't yet heard what happened uh, on the 25, the, the the top 25 teams, their matchups. The number one, Georgia Bulldogs, they struggled in Columbia, Missouri, 26 to 22. They do squeak out a win there, but not a good showing by them. The number two, Alabama Crimson Tide, 
taking down the number 20 Arkansas Razorbacks. I bet they're pretty glad Pierce and Fayetteville, they didn't have game day with that showing 49 to 26, the final there, Ohio state blowing out Rutgers at home. They haven't yet played on the road. Pierce. Have you noticed that? That's interesting. Ohio state has not yet played on the road. They also ain't played nobody. Nor have they played Chris anybody, Mack. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They, they, they played what Notre Dame, who was number five in the nation at the time. Who's now not rated. So I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, 49 to 10, the final there, the number four, Michigan Wolverines beating Iowa in Kinnick. 27 to 14. NC State and Clemson, a top 10 ACC matchup. Clemson gets that one done 30 to 20 in pretty uh, convincing fashion. USC 42, Arizona State 25. The Kentucky Wildcats, the exposure party has begun. Number 14, Ole Miss Rebels 22, Kentucky 19. Will Levis struggled in this one. And the big story here was that absolute brawl up in the student section between all those frat boys. Hey, you got what you wanted there, Lane. You got your students there. Whether or not they were all had their wits about them paying attention, that's uh, the jury's out on that one. Number nine, Oklahoma State is slowly putting together a very impressive season. They beat Baylor at Baylor, thirty-six to twenty-five. Northwestern uh, loses to Penn State, seventeen to seven. Penn State, I've been pretty high on, although I'm starting to back off of that. Number twelve, Utah, bringing or bringing hosting Oregon State. They get that done, forty-two to sixteen. Oregon takes down the Stanford Cardinal, forty-five to twenty-seven, in a very late-night matchup. Number seventeen, Texas A&M Aggies lose to an unranked Mississippi State Bulldogs team, forty-two to twenty-four. Oklahoma, absolute. What was that? You already touched on it, but wow, fifty-five to twenty-four. TCU getting the better of the Sooners. Purdue upsets Minnesota, twenty to ten. Wake Forest goes to Tallahassee and takes down my beloved Knowles, 31-21. Pittsburgh loses to Georgia Tech, 26-21. Kansas State beats Texas Tech, 37-28. Good on them because Texas Tech has been known to play a little bit of a spoiler, and that is going to do it there for our top 25 teams. So there you go. That's that. That's the slate. Oh, I missed one. I missed one. There's two. Thursday night, BYU beat Utah State 38-26. to And on Friday, the number 15 Washington Huskies lose to the UCLA Bruins 40-32. to Welcome to the top 25, Chip Kelly and company. All right, that is it. Anything you want to touch on? I know that I specifically asked you, Pierce, to kind of fill everybody in. We do have a strong contingent of Georgia fans that listen to us. So if you're not a Georgia fan, just bear with us here. But I do want to kind of hear what you have to say about that game. I know you watched the whole dang thing. Um, and I'd like to know your thoughts there. What, what went right? What went wrong? And uh, or should we be scared? Yeah, there are uh, now some holes that I'm pretty pretty nervous about. Um, I'm not going to get f- too freaked out about the Missouri game. I'm actually a little more uh, nervous about the Kent State game still, to be honest with you, despite Kent State being a pretty good ball club for a MAC team. Uh, y- when you look at it, this was this was Missouri Super Bowl here. This was the biggest game of the of the year for them. Um, which is going to be what Georgia faces now. It's the new norm. Get used to it. Um, and, and and there are a number of things that this comes down to. I, I think I think really when it comes down to it, a team like Missouri has to has to have everything go right to beat a Georgia or have Georgia do everything wrong um, in order to upset a, a team like Georgia that's just, you know, ahead, that leaps and bounds ahead of you. Um, I, I didn't think Georgia offensively played poorly. Yes, there was that one fumble early in the game uh, that Kendall Milton gave up the ball. That that was that sucked because I do think that sucked a little bit of air out of this uh, offense. 
But man, when when your offense, I think the most alarming thing about this offense, uh, when you look statistically, they did end up uh, going for 481, nearly 500 yards. When you get up to 500 yards of offense, it's it's almost a guarantee you're going to get 35 plus. You really ought to get to 40. But Georgia's problems right now are, are not necessarily with gaining yards. It's getting into the end zone. When you have to settle for that many field goals, it, it, it makes it very tough um, on, on your defense because then on the flip side, they feel like they have to play perfect. Um, so I, I don't think offensively, I was a little bit alarmed offensively that uh, we struggled with the cover zero uh, when they blitzed the house and only had, uh, you know, man on man for for our receivers out there. We tended to struggle um, from a protection standpoint. We went to wider splits at the offensive line in the second half, and all that means is um, they they ended up just the splits means they they got a little bit wider out of each other. Um, and we're really uh, that was pretty effective. I mean, we were getting absolutely destroyed. They, Missouri does have some good defensive linemen. You knew that was going to be a strong point for them. And man, uh, we gave them a little extra motivation uh, with a, a pre-game fight between our D line and their D line, and they came out mad. Uh, but on the flip side, this is a bad Missouri offense, and and to allow them to to get a couple big plays. I know on the passing side of things. Again, speaking to the the everything has to go right for a team like Missouri to pull the upset. When Cook scrambled out, or when their their quarterback scrambled out, um, and 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 hit some of those players in one on one coverage and tight coverage, he had a couple downfield passes. That has to happen. They're not a team that is going to consistently do that. They don't have the quarterback to do that uh, and to pick you apart. So, um, and, and but really, on they had the same problem getting into the end zone. If they could have gotten into the end zone once, obviously that they they are right in this ball game and and probably win that. Uh, their kicker was spectacular, which is it's funny coming off that missed chip shot field goal against Auburn that would have won them the game. Uh, but I was impressed with Missouri, man. I mean, they, their, their fans showed up. It was at night. It was loud. Um, and, and they did everything they needed to do for the most part, except for finish the drill in the fourth quarter. Um, we did some weird things. Georgia did some weird things offensively. How many times have you seen uh, us run those um, swing passes and, and quick shots to the outside to our playmakers and our running backs and they are essentially running plays. We didn't do – I don't think we ran a single one of those plays until the second half. And and we seem to be more of that vanilla-type offense, run up the middle here, uh, run up the middle there, uh, third and long, you know, throw the ball when they're coming, you know, dead ass at you. Um, so I was a little confused about the game plan. Um, at the end of the day, the gashes on defense certainly scare me. That long run, I know Malachi Starks chased them down and saved a touchdown, which ended up being the difference in the game as they had to kick a field goal. Um, but, man, those are not plays that we let happen last year, and now it's happened twice against Kent State and against Missouri. So I, I do worry about that. We did have some big injuries. Smile Munden, our, our, our linebacker, um, my favorite player probably on that defensive side is, is dinged up. Jalen Carter is going to be out after he received a, a cheap shot um, clipping penalty, uh, uh, um, you know, second, first half of that game. Uh, so we're pretty dinged up. We got to get some guys back. AD Mitchell coming back would certainly help. Um, offensively, he seems to be the guy that you can throw up the 50 50 ball. Uh, just getting out of the win, I feel I, I, I'm, I'm definitely happy about that. Obviously, I'll take that 10 out of 10 days um, because you hate losing. I, who wants to lose? And we shouldn't have lost that game. So, uh, but there's a lot to work out here, man. And, and I don't know. 
I, I do I do get nervous now going forward that that this this team is easily capable of dropping a game um, or maybe two, especially with everybody gunning at them. So they got to get some things uh, figured out. They've got to get right at home this week against another bad ball club. And uh, quite frankly, they need to get healthy. So if they can do that, I also last thing I'll say, I know I'm rambling a little bit with some of those injuries on top of playing some younger players. Um, you know, we've got a couple freshmen out there doing their thing. They hit a wall at some point, and it's hard to get through that wall. And you've had, you know, three, three, four, three, three games already. One, one huge one. It's easy to start going through the motions. Your body's banged up, and and it's just it's a grind. And they're not used to that, so they're getting adjusted and acclimated to this uh, to this schedule against uh, an SEC team week in and week out. So I, I think we'll see some improvements this week. But boy, I, it does scare me that. Um, I don't think they'll have any issues getting the SC championship, but I don't know if they look like a, a top two or three team now, to be quite honest with you. Yep. And hey, that's the thing is like, it's really hard to repeat. And so it was clear that, or it's going to be very hard to potentially run the table and win it again. You know, it's probably a matter of time until there's a loss that happens. And you know what? Doesn't make you a bad team. You rebound. You know, uh, who, who repeats? Yeah. Well, let, let me add one more that. thing. I, you, when you look at it, you, you, you're going to have Bama will get in, LSU, or LSU, shoot, Cle- I was thinking of different Tigers. Clemson, I think, will get in now, which they were kind of a fringe team. Ohio State or Michigan will get in. So really, I think it looks like Georgia's going to have to go to the SC Championship game and beat Alabama in order to get in this year. That's what I predicted at the beginning of the season. I did adjust those uh adjust those predictions after week one, um, really after week two and three. But, you know, I think it's going to be I don't, I don't see anyone coming out of the Big 12 with uh, undefeated season or, or one where they have a chance to get in. And I'm not sure the Pac-12 does either. So I think you could look at Georgia must win to get in um, and they could actually be fighting for uh, for that fourth place spot with Michigan. Yeah, that's, that's, that's to be, possible. I don't want to. That's to I be determined because Michigan. USC yet. Yeah, but you're starting to see you're starting to see USC look really leaky on defense. Um, They've had like that crazy point differential where they're um, they're they're like scoring off of their defense, and it was at such a high clip that that's just not sustainable. Um, Mm. And and you're starting to see a leakier defense when they don't show up offensively, and now they're starting to get get injured. They they've got a great starting lineup on offense, but once once some guys go down, they don't have much behind. So. I do think they'll get knocked off once or twice this year by maybe a Utah or, and I think they avoid Oregon, but UCLA is looking a little tougher. So, you know, I, I really think they could have lost this last week. Um, you know, they, they or I mean, two weeks ago against Oregon State, they didn't look all that great there, and and they gave up a lot of points to a very very bad Arizona State team this week. So we'll see. Pac-12 is a little bit easier, yeah. but I do think there are some hurdles there that they've got to get over. All right. Well, we'll see what happens, but I'm just going to say right now, if Georgia ends up losing one of these next few games, then obviously we knew that was going to happen because you're going to take a step back after a national championship. And if they end up running the table, then this was a wake up call and they came back pissed. There you go. All takes are covered and they're all mine. I'm right no matter what. All right. Let's talk about the week. Oh, you know what I forgot to do? Did you prepare any braggers for this week? I did. I did. I've got a number of them this week. I'll go ahead and jump in. 
Hit them with the Braggers. Uh, a lot of big, a lot of big statistics uh, this week. I could have, I could have picked a lot more than this, but Jaden Delora, QB from Arizona, thirty-three of forty-six for four hundred eighty-four yards, six TDs and zero interceptions. Uh, just wait, there are a few more statistical uh, uh, games like that. Holton Allers, QB from ECU, thirty-one of forty-one for four hundred sixty-five, six touchdowns and zero interceptions. A guy that I, I could be on here every time and and has been a couple times already. Drake May, QB at UNC, 26-36 for 363 yards and three touchdowns. Um, didn't throw a pick on the day, and that's a big deal. Uh, Drake May looks like a baller. Uh, how could I not throw out my guy, Max Duggan? Fourth-year uh, fourth player for TCU, lost the starting job uh, going into this season for Chandler Morris. Chandler Morris gets hurt in the first game, and Duggan has all but run with this starting quarterback gig. 23 of 33 for 302 yards, three touchdowns and zero interceptions. The zero interceptions is important for him because he can get a little bit erratic. And that those numbers passing could have gotten a lot higher if they were actually uh, in a closer game. Also tallied five carries for 116 yards and two TDs. He had like a 70-yard touchdown run where he just flat out ran away from the defense. It was unbelievable. Um, Max Duggan and company get the huge win against OU. Jameer Gibbs running back for Alabama. And and let me tell you, I don't know how many Alabama games you've watched. I've heard – this isn't my opinion uh, direct from my mouth. I did hear it, and I completely agree – Watch Jameer Gibbs in his games moving forward and tell me he doesn't look exactly like Alvin Kamara. It is scary how similar he looks to Kamara. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. With a team like Alabama, it can sometimes be a bad thing because he's not going to be a a, 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 a formidable – he's going to be okay, but he's not going to be a guy that runs between the tackles and, and, and can get 150 yards. But, man, he's a Swiss Army knife. He can do so many different things, a la Alvin Kamara. He has 18 carries against Arkansas for 206 yards with two TDs. He was the difference maker in that one. They had no answer for him. Another running back from Ohio State this time, Mayan Williams, 21 carries for 189 yards and five TDs as they get the win against Rutgers. Adrian Martinez, I think he was on here last week uh, against OU. 12 of 19 for 116 yards through the air, one touchdown and zero interceptions. Not the gaudiest stat line through the air. I don't think he'll ever will uh, you know, put up crazy numbers through the air, but 12 carries for 171 yards and three TDs as they hold off Texas Tech uh, to get things rolling there and back on track. Dante Cephas, I don't know if you remember that name from last week. Wide receiver Kent State, he put up a good game against Georgia. He had 13 receptions for 246 yards and one touchdown uh, against Ohio as they pull uh, a win against Ohio in overtime. C.J. Johnson, wide receiver ECU, seven catches for 197 yards and four TDs. Jimmy Horn Jr., wide receiver from UCF, eight receptions for 180 yards and two TDs. And even in a loss, um, got to throw out Monterey Baldwin, wide receiver Baylor. I love that name, Monterey. That's kind of a weird. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. right. I could be way off. You know me. Seven receptions for 174 yards and two TDs. A lot of good players on the Braggers this week. Could have had a bigger list, but those are my elite Braggers of the week. There you go. There you have it. That is officially now done with our Week 5 recap. Let's turn our attention to picking the games for week six, little business off the top. You do not have to worry about getting your picks in until noon on Saturday, noon Eastern time on Saturday. There's no Thursday or Friday night games that we'll be picking this week as part of that run your pool. Pick them, but make sure you get them in by noon on Saturday. I will probably send out an email here in the next couple of days, but if you're listening, time to make your picks. All right, let's start it off here. Pierce at noon Eastern time on ESPN, the number eight 
Tennessee Volunteers in Baton Rouge to take on the number 25 LSU Tigers. This is a matchup that does not happen very often, let alone going down to Baton Rouge. Um, Tennessee has been playing really, really good ball. Now, I will say this. I'm not knocking them. This is not a knock. But when you look at who they've played now with a few weeks you know, under our belts, it's they're blowing them out, which is the good part. But they're not really hot. They haven't had a tough uh, opponent yet. They haven't had a uh, other than Florida. Florida was a gutsy win. But that was at home, right? It was at home. I was there. It was a very hostile environment. This is going to be different. My roommate, who's a Tennessee fan, she's going down. I already warned her. I said, get ready. You have not, you have not been an opposing team yet in a, your, she doesn't typically go to games like this. I should say, uh, being an opposing fan in a hostile environment like this, it's an early game, right? Which, which doesn't bode well for the LSU Tigers. That being said, they're going to want to absolutely throttle Tennessee because you're at a little bit of, Hey, you're going to get these teams best, uh, best games with how you've been playing. LSU, on the other hand, Pierce, they had that loss to start the season against FSU, although it was close and a couple things go differently. And it's, uh, you know, a couple of luck things go differently and they have that game. Since then, they have, uh, you know, run the table and in pretty convincing-ish fashion. Yeah, I understand that last week's game was not great, but it was at Auburn, which is a tough place to play. And it was at night. And it's, you know, it is at the end of the day, Brian Harson is coaching for his life, whether or not he thinks he's gone or not. Um, the line on that is LSU home dogs by three points. It's going to come down to whether or not you think LSU is, you know, going to be able to get up for this noon kick. In my opinion, I think that Tennessee is hands down the more talented team uh, on paper. But that being said, Pierce, as good as their offense is. They cannot play defense. They are averaging, giving up 407 yards a game. They're going to let LSU hang with them from a standpoint of being able to to hang on. And I think that that bodes very well for LSU, especially as a home dog type situation. I know this might sound crazy and it might be a stupid pick, but I'm taking LSU in this one. I think it's going to come down to uh, you know the last quarter, and I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if Tennessee gets caught back on their heels in this hostile environment and something happens where they get picked off once or twice and aren't able to stop LSU, who's not this ridiculous offense, but you know, Hey, if you can't make a couple of key stops and that was their issue with Florida, they couldn't make a couple of key stops. That's what kept Florida who I don't think is all that good this year in the game. I like LSU in this one. Plus the points at home, home dog of the week. Lock it up. I got LSU. What about you? Yeah, I like that pick. Um, LSU, this this is one of those ratty lines. We talk about it at nauseum. Uh, this is a, a weird line. Anytime a, a road team is favored by two and a half or three, it gives you reason to, for caution. It does scare me that this game is at 11 o'clock. Uh, I would l- much rather have this game be at night. Uh, I think that'd be a much tougher environment for them. LSU tends to, unless they're national championship contenders, tends to kind of be late getting everybody into that uh, into that ballpark there. Uh, but it's still going to be a very hostile environment regardless. And I think you're right. This this Tennessee defense is no reason to scare me away from LSU keeping this one close. I know all, they're not the best offensive team in the world, 
Uh, but you've seen that Tennessee's defense can be leaky, um, and, and and I think that's going to be the case here. And and look for LSU and the crowd noise to kind of get to Tennessee at times. I do think Tennessee gets up in this one. I do think they won't have too much trouble scoring, um, but I don't see them getting up over 35, 38 points. Um, I have them somewhere more in the ballpark of 27, 28, um, or, or maybe 31, 30, 31. And, and I think that LSU can be right there with them uh, at home. I like the line here. I like the mojo coming off a win at Auburn. Um, they're not as good. Don't get me wrong. They're not as talented. They're not as good. I shouldn't say talented. They're not as good as Tennessee. But in this spot, they have every reason to be in this game. And wacky, wacky things happen when Tennessee travels down to Baton Rouge. So I like LSU plus three to get the cover here and maybe pull off the upset win. Ooh. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. The only thing is, and I didn't think about this till after my pick, you do have an LSU team that just came off of a, you know, a tough win. Tennessee is coming off of a bye. So that that could play in a little bit, you know. They, they had an extra week to get everything back together, but I agree with you. Let me rebuttal Weird that. Line. What? Let me rebuttal that. You're okay. right, but could this also be a look ahead spot with Bama coming to town next week? It absolutely could be because guess what? They've not had a chance here, Pierce, to potentially knock off or play Bama close, and it's at home in Neyland. I mean, hell, they're already looking ahead to the fucking Van. I'm sorry, excuse me, the freaking Vanderbilt game. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm trying to clean up my talk a little bit, but yeah, they're already they're already making plans for Vanderbilt there at the you know in a few weeks. So man, that's they're funny not you their say heads that. not I've in gotten, it. They've got they've got visions of SEC championship in there. That's head. so funny. Not I've gotten to mo- this game. Agreed. I've got multiple texts this week from Tennessee buddies who have t- they've known. Uh, obviously, they know that we've done big tailgates at Vandy when Georgia comes to town in the past. And so they were asking, hey, you going to do a big tailgate. Can you fill me in on anything, any secret spots, what I need to do, any good catering spots? So um, you're right. It, it, that's funny to hear you say that because they are – I mean, really, that next week is the biggest game that they'll have played in probably, probably since the Georgia game under Butch Jones, I would say. Maybe Tennessee fans will say something differently. But if they can get undefeated with Bama coming to town, do you realize how crazy that's going to be? Uh, uh, so don't look ahead, Tennessee fans. This is a sketchy game. Yep. You got to get through this one before you can look ahead to the next one. All right. Hey, let's- I would oh. love for them to win this game too because I want that game next week because Tennessee, yes, yes they'll be insufferable, but it's a win-win. If Bama loses, that's a win. If if Bama wins, it's a win. So I'm, I'm, I'll am I'm be indifferent. I'm just hoping for a, for a fun weekend next week on Rocky Top. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I certainly would like them to come to town, to to Georgia with you know as as good of a record as they could potentially have. I don't want to, you know, that certainly is going to make a more fun environment for us dogs who, quite frankly, don't have that fun of the home slate this year or next. So certainly would love for them to win this one, but I don't, I don't know. I think it's going to be a really tough matchup. Another one that's going to be interesting here, Pierce, is the number seventeen, your number seventeen TCU Horn Frogs. Heading into Lawrence, Kansas to take on the number 19 Kansas Jayhawks. That game is at noon Eastern time on FS1. Game day will be there. I already talked about that. It's going to be raucous for the Jayhawks. Seven points is what your Horned Frogs are favored by. Both teams are undefeated, though Kansas has played one more game than TCU. I'm not even going to beat around the bush here. Kansas, I love what you've done. You've been fantastic against the spread this year which is great for us betters. You're a great story. 
and this is the week where unfortunately the wheels come off a little bit. I think that uh, I think that TCU is the uh, better team. I think we saw that last week versus Oklahoma. I don't think Oklahoma is all that bad, and I didn't. I don't think I said that when we were talking about things. They're, they they at least have the talent. Whether or not the coaching's there is one thing. I thought that they were going to lose to SMU. They didn't. Uh, they didn't. They they blew the doors off of Oklahoma last week. This Horn Frogs team is a good Horns Frog team. I think that they're able to go in there, and I think that it's. Uh, I don't think it's particularly close. Maybe Kansas puts them back on their heels early, but this is not even a. Like you said, it's not even a football school. TCU is going to be bringing a strong stringent of people. It's an early kick, which doesn't bode well for them, and I just think TCU is going to be able to to really show out on offense. So I got TCU minus the points in this one, but uh, maybe I'm wrong, which which would be fun if it's a close game. I just don't think it will be. Who you got in this one, Pierce? So I went into last week kind of thinking that, that uh, t- Kansas was due for a loss. It just seemed like the bubble was going to burst in Iowa State, albeit not being a great team, was going was gonna to be able to pull off the upset. They kept it close, and quite frankly, three missed chip shot field goals would have won them the game. Uh, they miss and miss quite frankly badly. Was You could argue it was coaching malpractice um, on Iowa State's part, tr- trotting out that kicker at the end of the game to try to tie the game up, um, and obviously he missed really bad. Uh, so Kansas escaped last week, and, and, and sometimes that's the name of the game, but it does have me wondering why – I understand why TCU is minus seven now because of that and how TCU looked. So I do think this number is a little bit overinflated. I – I do like TCU here, but let me tell you, I've gone against TCU twice, against SMU two weeks ago and Oklahoma last week. They've won in both those big tests. I can't now do the opposite. I have to take Kansas plus seven. I do think this is going to be a close game. I do think Jalen Daniels for the Jayhawks will find guys, and they probably will score much more points than they did last week. I like TCU to score points. I think this is going to be a pretty high-scoring game. I do like Kansas and and the motivational standpoint with having game day there. The fans will be raucous uh, from the beginning, from from 7 a.m. until the game is played, um, and they'll be there until the end. I like TCU to pull off the win here. I think Kansas keeps it close. All these things spell keeping it close. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them pull off the ups or pull off the upset here. It, it sounds weird saying they're uh, underdogs because they have been so good this season um, up to this point. But I'm going to go TCU. Uh, TCU to win, but in a close one, Kansas gets the cover. And uh, to be quite frank, I want to be a homer on this one, but man, I've gone against them twice, and 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 they've proven me wrong twice. I can't jump on them and 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 give them bad mojo. So I'm going to go against them here for that reason and that reason alone, as I hope they can pull out the win and uh, escape a, a, a very pesky Jayhawks team. Hey, I I mentioned they're both undefeated. They're also both undefeated against the spread this season. So someone's going to get a couple blemishes. On their uh, on their record there with this game, all right, Red River rivalry. Although a little bit of the uh, sauce with this has been taken out because of the fact that both of these teams are undef- or I'm sorry, unranked. I don't know even know when the last time that was. The Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma Sooners at noon Eastern time on ABC. Texas sitting at three and two on the season with losses to Alabama and Texas Tech, albeit both were close. Oklahoma, on the other hand, two back-to-back losses, Kansas State and TCU. 
were their last two losses. Uh, they also are setting up three and two, but they have not yet gotten a, a win in conference. So maybe a little bit of hunger there. They will be seven point dogs there, Pierce, at the Texas State Fair. Um, I don't really know what I'm going to do with this game. I'm not going to lie. It's gonna you're going to watch real time processing happening when it comes down to quarterbacks. I like. Well, is Quinn Ewers back? Do we know? Is he back? Yes, this game? I believe he will play in this game. Okay. I think he's listed as not even probable anymore. I think he's playing. Uh, okay. Well, then never mind. I was about to go on this whole thing about how I think Hudson Carr is not the good of quarterback. If Quinn Ewers plays, although hopefully he's back to full form, if he plays, this one could get ugly. Uh, that being said, it's a rivalry. So you have to throw records out. You have to throw all that out the door and just look at, uh, you know, one who's more hungry two, uh, maybe a little bit of luck involved. This game has been a close one in the past few years. I just remember, you know, the, the overtime, what was it last year, maybe two years ago with the girl shooting the bird at the camera. Uh, this is one that gets weird. This is one that, that gets played very close Oklahoma has been a slightly better on offense, but like I said, Quinn Ewers has not been playing for Texas. Defensively, though, they've looked absolutely garbage, and you're going to have to have an answer for Quinn Ewers, so that scares me a little bit. That being said, call me crazy. I'm going to take Oklahoma in this one because of the fact that I think it's going to be a close one. I think it. I think potentially you could be looking at an overtime-type situation. I, think, I hope that at least Brett Venables brings his A game with this. Um, and that they are, uh, one embarrassed and two ready to go out there and kick butt. Uh, and I think that, uh, for maybe it's just hopeful, hopeful thinking. I think this is more of like a three point game. So I've got Oklahoma against the spread against my better judgment. No, I think you are probably going to be on the right side here. Uh, you were trying to get to what I'm about to point out. And that is the team that the team that doesn't seem like the, the better of the two tends to win this game. There weird things do happen in this game. Um, and, and I really want to make that Oklahoma pick. In fact, I think a uh, little spoiler, I think I did pick them in the pick them. I may have to go back and change that after this, but I've got Texas here. You know, you can't tell me that Oklahoma was in a look ahead spot coming off a loss against Kansas state last week or two weeks ago. You can't tell me they were in a look ahead spot last week against TCU. So, I don't know what the motivation is here. I know it's a big game, and they will get up for it. But I, I can see this game. I can see Bijan breaking a run here. And I just don't know if they have the firepower on offense um, to come back quickly uh, when they get down. I'm sure it'll be a wacky game. Minus seven, I'm going to hesitantly take Texas with Quinn Ewers back. There might be a little rust for him to knock off. But I just think after – after I know Texas has lost two games now too, but – you know, Quinn Ewers getting back is a huge, uh, a huge motive, a huge motivating factor for them. It'll be a boost in their morale, um, and and I think Texas. I think it'll be close. I think Texas barely squeaks this this cover out. Um, but again, you're probably on the right side. This is one of those games where just take the points, take the points, take the points, take the points, because weird things happen, and the underdog typically uh, typically keeps it close or wins. All right, let's talk about another big-time rivalry, although this one is potentially going to be pretty lopsided. At least I hope the Auburn Tigers in Athens take on the number 2 George Bulldogs. That game is at 3.30 Eastern time on CBS. If it were up to me, I'm not going to lie, we probably would have had uh, the noon kick, and LSU and Tennessee would have been the 3.30, but I won't, uh, I won't scoff at the fact that we get more noon kicks than I think any other team in the SEC. So I will take this situation here. Auburn 
off a loss to LSU. Previously, they had lost to Penn State at home. Georgia sitting undefeated, although narrowly. This is, fun fact, Auburn's first road game of the season. That does not bode very well for them. 30 freaking points is what the uh, line is in this one. Georgia favored in that, of course, by 30 points. Nothing Georgia has done over the past few weeks, Pierce, leads me to believe that they're going to cover. That being said, this is a big-time rivalry. You've got a team that I hope is embarrassed for the last few performances, and it's at home. I think that this is if you. I, in fact, I don't. I think the Auburn boosters are hoping Brian Harson gets blown out because at this point you you don't have really a semblance of a season to salvage here. I think they're hoping they get blown out and that they can justify firing Brian Harson here. Um, it's going to sound crazy, but I'm taking the dogs minus the points here. And I won't be surprised when I lose this. I will not be surprised when I lose this. I won't be surprised when Auburn catches Georgia back on its heels and they squeak out yet another victory. Um, I just, I cannot with confidence say that Auburn's got really much of anything to to show for in this game. Um, and they certainly haven't been able to uh, give me anything that believes, believe, you know, the fact that you lose to Penn State, a Penn State who doesn't look all that good at home 41 to, uh, to 12, that, that doesn't bode very well. So on the road, first time for them, big blowout spot. I'm taking the Georgia Bulldogs. This one will be over by halftime. What about you? Well, I'm 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 certainly happy to hear you pick Georgia um, because I just can't do it in, in good faith anymore. This is two failed covers uh, against not very good teams. I don't care how good Mac is or Mac. Kent State is for a Mac team. That shouldn't have been that close, and neither should Missouri. This is a rivalry game. People do forget that. I know Georgia is in is is typically dominant on in this rivalry game in years past, but thirty points is a lot, man. And and for a defense that's been leaky, I can see the offense getting to 42, 45 points, but I can't in good faith trust this defense to hold anybody to ten or or less like I have been uh, over the last year and a quarter. Um, really, actually, more like three years. This team gives up gash plays. Um, they're very, you know, they're going to be very aggressive and that, and they play man up. So, you know, those 50, 50 balls, whether they go our way or not, those aren't the plays I'm talking about. It's the quick rushes up the middle that go for 63 yards against a, 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 a bad Missouri team with not a great offensive line and running back, uh, at least one that you don't expect to, to give up big plays to. They're holes. They're holes that I'm not sure you get ironed up quickly. I Like I said, I do think being at home will be great for this offense. I think they'll put up points and get out to an early lead. Again, I just can't. I mean, you saw Kent State do it. Maybe this uh, crowd and the 230 environment uh, allows this defense to play better and, and not give up those plays. I certainly think Auburn could make some mistakes, and I don't really trust Ashford to be a, a, a prolific passer in this game um, like he was last week going for 330 yards. I think at the end of this game, it has that feel. I really do want to take Georgia, but I, I just can't because I've seen too much leaky leaky stuff on the defensive side to think that this uh, to trust this defense to keep Auburn under 14 or 10. And for that reason, I will take the Auburn Tigers plus 30. 30 is just even as even though Auburn's bad and it wouldn't be surprising if Georgia does win this game uh, by 30 or more. I could, I still see them putting up some points um, against against the dogs, even if they get to forty five. So Auburn Tigers plus thirty, as much as it pains me, as much as it pains him. All right, well we're on opposite sides. 
of that one. All right, the Texas Tech Red Raiders going in to take on the number seven Oklahoma State Cowboys in Stillwater. That game is also at 3.30 Eastern time, but over on FS1. The Texas Tech Red Raiders lost last week to Kansas State. Previously, they had lost to NC State, but they had played a uh, spoiler to a few teams before that. They've had an absolutely brutal stretch of games here, Pierce. Number 25 in the nation, Houston. Number 16 in the nation, NC State. This is at the time, of course, people. Number 22 in the nation, Texas. Number 25 in the nation, Kansas State. Now they're getting the number seven team in the nation. Oklahoma State silently, quietly, not silently, but quietly putting on a very good season so far on uh, with their undefeated taking down Central Michigan, Arizona State. I don't even know what APB is, but we're going to go with it. And the number 16, Baylor Bears at Waco and they come home here maybe a little bit of a letdown spot they are nine and a half point favorites there at home I'm looking up quickly who they have next they do have TCU next so maybe a little bit of a letdown look ahead spot there for them Pierce I do think they are pretty good um but because of that you know what just real time because I saw it's a letdown look ahead type spot I'm gonna go Texas Tech to cover here I think that uh Oklahoma State gets it done but I think that they're a that Texas Tech who can match them, and it might be a bit of a shootout uh, because they both can move the ball like crazy. I think that Texas Tech is able to hang with them. And on the road, they almost play spoiler yet again to another top 25 team, but they don't get it done. I got Oklahoma winning Texas Tech covering the 9.5 point spread. What about you? Damn you. I was looking forward to being on the Texas Tech side solo. Um I did not. I did not know about that look ahead spot TCU. Uh, that is a, a, um, a sneaky rivalry game and can get pretty ugly and has also gotten wild um, since TCU joined the Big Twelve. So that is interesting to hear. It makes me feel a lot better about this. Oklahoma State hasn't played anybody. I know you can argue. Well, Pierce, they played Baylor last week on the road. Yeah. Well, if you watch that game. Baylor had had a couple good special teams plays, but for the most part, didn't look better than or didn't excuse me. Oklahoma State didn't look better than Baylor. They got those big special teams plays and got out ahead in the second half and just kind of coasted. But I, I I think if they play on a neutral field, I would take Baylor eight out of ten times. Um, and, and and so I think this line's inflated as a result. Texas Tech is a very pesky team, and and I, and we're gonna see what they're made of. I I I do hate that this game is in Stillwater, but I do think Texas Tech, I think this is too many points. I think Texas Tech's offense can keep up with this Oklahoma State defense that lost a lot uh, from last year. I think they have a little bit more dynamic offense than Baylor does, Um, and and for that reason, I think this is one where I may even sprinkle the money line with Texas Tech uh, come game day. I'd like Texas Tech to get this cover plus nine and a half. Okay. Hey, that's ballsy there. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I love to see it. All right, the number 11 Utah Utes and the number 18 UCLA Bruins. That game is at 3.30 Eastern time on Fox. Three-point dog is what UCLA is in this one in the Rose Bowl. Utah, one loss so far this season. Their lone blemish is to open the season against Florida at Florida. I think they just happened to get a game of a lifetime from Anthony Richardson and company. UCLA, on the other hand, undefeated. So far, although I won't others aside from their win last week uh, versus Washington at home, they haven't played a ton of competition. So a little less proven. That being said, Dorian Thompson Robinson and this UCLA attack has absolutely been potent. They're averaging 41 points a game and over 500 yards a game. 
Uh, defensively, they also have been pretty good. Pierce, they are allowing about half of that, which in the Pac-12 is something because they they love an offense out there. On the other hand, Cam Rising at Utah uh, has also been able to really move the ball. Utah might be a little bit of a disappointment. That sounds weird saying, but maybe a little bit less of a, of a potent uh, team than we were thinking at the beginning of the season. Something about this line really kind of makes me tilt my head a little bit. Um, I think UCLA has made le- like is leaps and bounds better than I would have thought, and I think they're really making sp- strides under Chip Kelly. They're going to need it, obviously, as they go to the Big Ten here in a few years. That being said, I'm going to take the favorite in this one, Utah. I think that uh, that, like I said, that lone blemish uh, was was. Uh, I think if they could go back and play that game 10 times, they win nine of them. I think that they just happen to get the best of Florida. I think they're better than this UCLA team. I think UCLA, like I said, a little unproven. I do love that win last week. Don't get me wrong. But I think Utah is going to be able to rise to the occasion. A little bit of a letdown spot for UCLA. Give me Kem rising and the Utes minus the three on the road. Yeah, this is uh, this is a spot where I love this Utah team. Uh, listen, UCLA is another one of those teams that seems a little bloated coming off a big win at home against Washington. Certainly is a, is a great, great, great win for them. Great resume builder. They're five and zero, oh, but this is a Utah team that I think can go in there and and just kind of beat them up. Um, I, I do do get a little hesitant because it is on the road for Utah, but it's not like UCLA has a great home field advantage anyway. I think this is a team in Utah who's just, quite frankly, uh, head and shoulders above UCLA. It's going to take a massive day from Charbonnet uh, to pull this one off. And, uh, yeah, again, Utah is one of those road favorites at two and a half, three, so that does scare me a little bit. But I think this Utah team is is definitely has improved since that Florida game, and that's a much tougher environment. Um, and, quite frankly, I think might even be a better team than UCLA, uh, despite their, what, two and two record. Uh, I like Utah here to get the cover of a measly three points. All right, let's keep it in the Pac-12 to talk about the Washington State Cougars in Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum to take on the number six USC Trojans. USC getting a little bit of love for me to start the podcast there. Pierce talking about how good they've been. They're undefeated so far on the season with wins over Rice, Stanford, Fresno State, Oregon State, although albeit close and Arizona State, Washington State, on the other hand, lone loss was a close one at home versus number 15, Oregon Ducks. The difference here, Pierce, is the fact that while USC has Caleb Williams, you already said it, they don't, their defense is, is, is shaky at best. Washington State's a scrappy team, uh, and, and they are a team that in the Pac 12 this year, and maybe in years previously, but particularly this year, is a team that's going to get the best of somebody. Like, they're going to get the best of somebody. Maybe, perhaps, it is USC this week. Although it is in the Coliseum, that doesn't say much. It's not a raucous environment. I mean, you saw what UCLA did a few weeks ago, how few people they had. I think USC pulls a little bit of a better crowd, but I don't think LA is totally bought into the college football realm. 13 points at home is what USC is favored by, and I like Washington State to cover in that one. I think that... To your point, I like USC to win. I think USC continues to roll, but I think it's kind of the margin gets closer and closer and closer until potentially, or not potentially, until eventually they do get tripped up. This could be the game. This could be the game that it happens. I like Washington State, despite the fact that it's on the road, to give UCLA, or UCLA, USC a a big scare. 13 points is too many. Give me the Cougs in this one. 
I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. I actually went with a different um, Pac-12 game. Spoiler alert. Different Pac-12 game as a easy peasy, but very similar logic here. Um, the only difference in, between the two games is this one is is a team that's at home, and that's USC. Um, USC, or I'm sorry, that one's at home. Washington State's on the road. That does scare me just a bit. I know USC doesn't have a, a, a gaudy home field advantage, but this team tends, tends to play better in SoCal. Um, and I think they are due for a get right offense or on the defensive side. I, I do worry because Washington State has been pretty good offensively. They got the win against Cal. I, I don't think Cal's all that great, but still to, to beat them 28 to nine is solid. Um, and, and they put up a damn good fight against Oregon in week three, losing by three uh, when really they had every chance to win that ball game and just couldn't. They went on the road and beat Wisconsin. I know Wisconsin's not a great ball club, but they have, I mean, those those are three okay opponents and two, uh, you know, one quality. So I do like this Washington State team. If this USC team can't put up, you know, 38 plus points in this one, then Washington State has every chance to win. I, I just think that this this game is is one where Caleb Williams is going to step up. It uh, I think this is a night game, correct? Ten, USC tends to play very well in these night game environments. Washington State going on the road does scare me a little bit. I would much much prefer them to be at home where they have a sneaky home field advantage. I'm going to go USC minus 13, but I do so plugging my nose. I, I, I do think this is a, a very sharp side that you're on, um, so I like your pick. But I got to go USC because I do think they just have a little bit better talent on that side and ought to get this. It, it won't If they win, it won't be by much. It'll be by 14, but but still, uh, or 14 or less, I should say, but still. I'm going to go USC against better judgment. All right. Against better judgment, he takes the Trojans. Let's talk about the Battle of the Independence here, Pierce. The number 16 BYU Cougars in South Bend to take on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. That game is at 7.30 Eastern time on NBC. BYU, thir- three and a half point dogs there on the road, despite being the quote unquote better ranked, better record team. Their alone blemish came against Oregon at Oregon. Notre Dame, on the other hand, had two losses to start the season. Ohio State in a close one or closer than Ohio State would have liked, considering everything that's happened at Ohio State and then losing at home to Marshall. Since then, they have had wins over Cal and UNC and look to be getting things back in order. Uh, That being said, I really do want to take BYU in this one, and my head is saying take BYU, but for some reason I think, like I said, Notre Dame is getting a little bit better. We talk about a lot, Pierce, BYU is one of those teams that at home they play ridiculously tough and on the road have a little bit of lackluster there. Um, I think... I think I'm going to go Notre Dame in this one. I think Notre Dame is, is a, like I said, they're getting a little bit of the momentum going. I think they're rolling a little bit. I don't love how close BYU has played some of these games. Um, so for that reason, I'm going to take the Notre Dame Fighting Irish to to, to win this one um, and, and do it by more than three and a half points. I will say they're going to have to stop BYU's attack, which is better than theirs by a long shot. Uh, you know, Jaron Hall is a good quarterback. Um, and I believe they're back on the recruiting or the, the the receiving core that they had down. But I just, for some reason, my head or my heart is saying, saying take Notre Dame probably gets a better judgment. So I think that they are able to 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 win that one uh, and, and maybe a little bit of a uh, backdoor cover type situation. So I'm going to take 
the the Fighting Irish. I just had to remember. I was like, who did I take in? Notre Dame. Take in Notre Dame. What about you? <laughs> I like that pick. I took the Catholics I, I, over the Mormons. I like that pick because that that that's a much tougher pick to 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 make. You know, BYU would have been really easy to just plug in there and and say what you will. Um, and I'm actually going to do just that. So I'm impressed with some of your picks thus far. I, I'm I'm kind of blown away, and now I'm feeling like, boy, I'm going to be in for another rough week, but. I can't back this Notre Dame team. Maybe I'm biased, but I just think it's such a bad team. The 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 game last week against UNC does scare me a little bit. Um, you know, they did score 45 points. I know UNC has a historically awful defense. I get it. Don't don't you don't have to remind me. Um, but at the end of the day, UNC did put up points against them. Did put up 32. Uh, and when you really look at it, they failed to cover against a bad Cal team at home. They lost to Marshall at home, and they got tr- and they got beat by Ohio State. That was their best performance. But they played a, a very muck it up type of game, and o- Ohio State wasn't really clicking then. So I think you throw that one out the window. When you look at BYU, yes, they got trounced by Oregon. That was on the road. They, that game was uh, coming off a very physical double overtime game against B- against uh, Baylor. I don't think this is a spot where they're going to be, uh, you know, due for a loss or, 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 or kind of injured. Like you said, they're, they're getting some people healthy and back. Um, they'll be highly motivated for this game. I mean, could you imagine the Mormons getting a win in, in the Catholics backyard? That's a big deal for, for BYU. They're going to come in scrappy. I think this team is just better right now than, than uh, Notre Dame. And I think that, you know, you're always going to get bias in the media and, and whatnot with Notre Dame. Um, but I do think this line's a little biased, too, based off them scoring 45 points against such a bad defense last week. I think this is going to be a very, very close game. And I, I do like B- uh, BYU to pull this one out. I think they've got the better competition, um, or uh, better players on that side. They've played the better competition. And they've, quite frankly, just looked a little bit better than Notre Dame. Um, so I've got BYU. I think this is going to be a close one. I like Baylor to, or BYU to win it. I keep saying Baylor BYU I to know. win it, but at the same time, even if it's close, give me the points. Uh, I think we picked this one at three and a half. It's now down to two and a half. Oh, wow. Um, okay. so, and, and I have not double, ch- I'll double check to see if the sharps are on sharps on Notre Dame or I'm sorry, Publix on Notre Dame. So it seems like the sharps are on BYU side getting three and a half. Um, I'll take it because I think this could be a field goal game. If it's under three, I probably stay away from this one uh, in my pocketbook. But I'll take BYU to be a little bit different. I just think they've got the better squad here, plus three and a half. All right. Well, let's talk about what I think is going to be the biggest disappointment game of uh, what was most hyped, one of my most anticipated coming into the season, the Texas A&M Aggies and the number one Alabama Crimson Tide at 8 p.m. Eastern time on CBS 24 points is what Alabama is favored by there at home, obviously in the off season when Jimbo and uh, Saban were, were going back and forth a little bit with their, we're paying players. We're not paying players type situation since then, Texas A&M woof, woof, woof. I think they're headed towards another eight and four at best season. Alabama on the other hand looks inevitable and this is gaining momentum and speed 24 points at home. They're going to be pissed off. Um, I don't think Texas A&M has a shot in hell to do anything here. Um, I'm going Alabama minus whatever in this game. I, I don't see a world where Texas A&M and all of the issues they're having there, Pierce, offensively, defensively, 
Um, I, I, I don't think that they are a good team. I think that they hemmed themselves into a very large contract with Jimbo that perhaps they wish they could rethink. I think now looking back, Jimbo owes a lot of his career and his success to Jameis Winston. And he doesn't have Jameis Winston there at the helm in, uh, in the college station. He's got Max Johnson. And that does not bode well for him. I do worry a little bit about Bryce and what happened with him. But when you are as talented as Alabama is, you don't necessarily need Bryce. I think you could potentially see Bryce not even play for the first, or maybe he plays for the first few series. And then I think you potentially see him getting um, some rest until the game is out of reach. And then he sits because, you know, we did see him have a very odd injury in this last game. Um, and that I think was a little bit blown out of proportion. But that being said, you, you don't need to waste him in this game. You don't. You've got a big Tennessee game coming up. This game's going to be out of hand. So maybe maybe Saban keeps it a little bit closer because of the fact that he's not going to have all of his um, you know, weapons at his utilization. That being said, he's not the kind of he's not the kind of coach who doesn't keep the foot on the gas and if you're as talented as Alabama is against a team that's as depleted as Texas A&M, sometimes you can't help but score. I like Bama. I like Bama big. This one's over by halftime. The good news is we can all go to bed early cuz this game's going to be over. What do you think, Pierce? Boy, let me ask you a question. Do you think Bryce Young or Jalen Milrow gives you best the best chance to cover this game? To cover the spread? Yeah. I almost think Milrow because of the fact that you don't want to have a banged up Bryce. Um, I think that so, you, you, like I said, what you if don't it's a healthy need Bryce? him. If it's a healthy Bryce, oh, I think Bryce Young. Okay. I actually think... And you were you you were reading what I was was dishing out. I actually like Jalen Milrow in this game to cover this spread more so than Bryce Young. And let me tell you why. A, I want Bryce Young to if he's if he's a little still a little dinged up. I I want him healthy. You know, when you look at this type of game, leading you're a week away from a huge Tennessee matchup. Tennessee's the better team, uh, better than the team you're playing this week. This is a spot that I think. You might see Bama not struggle, but not cover this spread. And Bama or and Saban lays into his team. And it's a huge motivating point going on the road next week to Tennessee. A real galvanizing type of, you know, coming together and, and really focusing in on that Tennessee matchup. I actually like Milrow in this one because I, he's going to play all out. And and listen, I know he's not a, a huge, he's not as big a threat throwing the football, but you saw you saw Milrow and, and Jameer Gibbs once Bryce went out. The team did get a little bit uptight and nervous, I think. At least that's what I saw against Arkansas going, oh, my gosh, like we've had to win close games the last year and a half with Bryce Young doing the work, putting the team on his back. What what you know, what are we going to do now? But once Jalen Milrow came out in the second half and, 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 you know, got things going, man, this was a runaway freight train of a running game. And really, that's been the difference uh, uh, for, for Bama this year in my eyes. Bama has not had a formidable run game for the most part. In, I mean, they didn't. They, they struggled a little bit against Texas running the football. They couldn't figure out if they wanted McClellan to go or Jameer Gibbs. They had to kind of manufacture ways to get Gibbs the ball because he is such an athlete. Um, and there were points where he didn't even play much in that Texas game. So, I, I, I you know, I think Milrow gives them that 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 you know that read option attack. And I think they'll just run all through this AM defense. Now, AM could could just decide to sell out. Hey, we're just gonna do like 
every team used to play Bama with uh, before they started getting all these crazy quarterbacks that could throw it all over the yard. Um, and a la Georgia, you know, over the last couple of years where they've been formidable running and they're going to stack the box and say, hey, you're going to beat us. That's probably what Jimbo is going to want to do. But I think when Milrow comes out and 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 has some of those quick sling passes to the outside, kind of like Stetson's done a lot of this year, um, and kind of opens them up, they'll find ways to get Jameer Gibbs, you know, touches out of the backfield, whether that's getting him outside on running plays or or you know spreading him out or having design uh, plays where he's get, coming out of the backfield and and making plays uh, receiving the football. I, I like Jalen Miller on this one. And listen, I also I'm not worried about this being a spot where maybe Bama kind of coasts at the end uh, with Tennessee on deck and Saban, you know, kind of smiling, walking off the field, saying, now I've got something to just rip into them all week and get them motivated towards Tennessee. Remember this 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 Jimbo Saban thing kinda was a pretty big feud this offseason. I think I think Saban's gonna want to make a statement. I think if Bryce Young were to play, I think they would get up big. But then I don't like the idea of bringing Milrow in cold. Um, you saw he struggled the first few drives when he came in after Bryce Young. Give Milrow the start in this one. Let Bryce Young uh, get another week uh, um, under his belt of sitting out so that he is as fresh as he can be going into the Tennessee game. Uh, and, and Milrow and, and, and Jameer Gibbs had a good thing running the football against an Arkansas team. Um you know, who who held, quite frankly, held Texas A&M to, you know, what was that, only 20-something points. They gave up 49 at home to, to Bama, and all Bama was really doing was saying, hey, here's what we've got. We're either running it with Jameer Gibbs or or Milrow. Try and stop us. And I don't know if Texas A&M can do that, let alone put up 17 points in this game uh, in Tuscaloosa. So hopefully Milrow starts, in my opinion. I think that gives us the better chance to cover. I think he will. I think Alabama wins this one and covers pretty easy. I agree with you there. Last but not least, let's talk about some Pac-12 after dark. The number 12 Oregon Ducks in Tucson to take on the Arizona Wildcats. That game is at 9 o'clock Eastern time on the Pac-12 network. Oregon favored in this one by 13 points. What is it, Pierce, that I always say when it comes to Bo Nix? He is phenomenal at home. He cannot play on the road. 13 points is far too many for this Oregon team to cover. They have not been good on the road so far losing to Georgia 49 to three and then keeping almost getting upset uh, and keeping it close. Washington state 44 to 41. Other than that, all their games have been at home peers. They've been absolute blowouts. I, I don't understand why Bo Nix is the way that he is, but he can't play on the road. Arizona, on the other hand, not necessarily your best team possible. They do have two losses. They lost to Mississippi state and to Cal um, and they're blowing out the teams they should blow out. I think that they lose this game, but I think they keep it closer than Oregon would like. Give them a little bit of a scare. I think that uh, Jaden Delora, you know, if he can just deliver the ball and not make major mistakes, I think Bo Nix gets forced into some bad situations. I like Arizona to cover this one. I like it uh, closer to a three-point to five-point game. What about you? If you could see me, I am vigorously shaking my head. You completely stole my thunder because <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I hinted at it. Maybe I gave you gave you too much of a hint. Uh but love this love this side here. I do think that you know you look at uh, Oregon, they did go on the road against Oregon State. Oh no, Washington State. Um and Bo Nooks next to a couple odd and, and bad interceptions, but statistically put up a great game and led them back to win that. So I'm not gonna lean necessarily on that. Um you know I think 
I think Bo Nix in that Pac-12 is going to show that he's a little better quarterback than in the, than he was in the SEC just due to the talent level that's facing him on the opposite side. But I like Arizona in this one, man. This seems like too many points. Um, I think Oregon is let for, is is due for a little bit of a uh, you know a closer game, kind of like they did at Oregon State. Um, and and Delora and company can put up points. That's the one thing I do feel good about. Um, and and Oregon has struggled defensively on the road. They gave up forty nine points to Georgia in week one, and they gave up forty one points to uh, Washington State on the road. I think this Arizona team can score with them. I I I. I do kind of think a, a, a sprinkle on the money line for Arizona State could be interesting, and, and I might do it. I probably will do it, but I do love that they're getting 13 points. They're at home. Uh, everything I said about Oregon on the road is seems to be true, uh, and and I think this is one where going into the fourth you know fourth quarter or midway through the fourth quarter, you're going to look up, and Arizona's going to be up by three or down by three, and you're thinking, oh boy, you've got to flip this one on. This is going to be an interesting game um, you know, for the final – 15 minutes. Uh, so for that, I have got the Arizona Wildcats to maybe shock a lot of people with Oregon. I hope it doesn't happen because I want Oregon to run the, run the table for Georgia's sake. Um, but I, I think there's a spot where Arizona plays well. It's late at night. The, that, that can get some wild things. And I've seen Oregon go on the road and face Arizona and really, uh, you know, lay an egg. I, I think there was a game um, I'm going blank on the quarterback, but he got a little dinged up. And this was when they were fighting for the national championship, potential national championship berth. And they got upset on the road at Arizona. I think this could be a spot where uh, some crazy things will happen. And for that, I've got the Wildcats plus 13. I would maybe watch a hold out a little bit. I do think maybe we're at a spot where there's going to be a correction, but at, at 12 and a half to 13 and a half difference isn't all that much to me. I would wait to see. If this one does get up to 14, uh, anything at 14 or above would be an absolute uh, joke of a line, in my opinion. So maybe it corrects itself off the 13 here. But I do think Arizona gets the cover here. Uh, I think it's going to be a a three to to seven point type of game, maybe 10 at most. Well, there you have it. That is our thoughts on the week six preview. Before we let you get to making your own picks, we need to talk about where Pierce is going to place his money this week. You know, we go through our top 10 games and we talk about, you know, we're picking and everything like that. It's just kind of analysis. But this is honest to God stuff that he would be placing bets on. It's where he thinks the money is this week. He's he's going to put his hard-earned money there. So here's where he thinks you should put your hard money as well. Pierce, hit us with your easy peasy picks. Boy, coming off the first losing week of the season, went one and two last week. We had five straight weeks of, of winning uh, bets and, and love to see that. You know, we were due for a little regression. I, I really am surprised that USC couldn't give the cover against Arizona State. And and that's why I'm a little hesitant on them uh, moving forward because Arizona State put up points uh, on the road against USC this week. Man, going back to the drawing board, I am going to a team that I have ridden uh, early in the season, and that is the overs in Vandy games. Ole Miss comes to town. They're they're flying flying and riding high off the win against Kentucky, who was a top 10 team. Now Ole Miss kind of takes their spot as the the overranked team, SEC team in the top 10. I think that Vandy will be able to score. I know Ole Miss has played good defense um, for the most part, but oh, I think this will be one of the more dynamic offenses that they have faced to this point. 
Um, and and I, I don't I don't think Vandy can really stop anybody. I think Jackson Dart and especially that that two headed tandem at tailback will be able to put up thirty five to forty something points against Vandy. And I like forty to, to or forty Vandy to you know put up twenty eight to thirty points in this one as well. Um, I do think that they will uh, they'll they'll kind of get right here and uh, maybe even keep this one close enough to kind of make people flip it over to this one. It's at 61. I think both teams could potentially get to 30 here. Give me the over 61 in Ole Miss Vandy. This game, I mentioned it all the time, a little bit of a ratty line, but uh, you know, coming off a big, big win last week, UCLA 5-0, and they've got a, a big balloon head, and it's ready to burst. And Utah is coming to town. Utah is not some team that typically lays duds. Um, I know they play much better at home, but it's not like UCLA has a great home field advantage here. Even though it's, it, it seems like it might stink, don't trust that. Utah is just the better ball club, and Utah plays physical, which is kind of like what UCLA wants to do with Charbonnet, um, but Utah just does it better and, and I think has a better squad. Utah minus three on the road at UCLA. And last but not least, I told you you stole my thunder. Give me Arizona plus 13 against Oregon for all the reasons that I just said. I think this is a game that's going to get wacky. It's going to be weird. It's at night. I think Arizona's fan base will show up um, and, and be pretty rowdy in this one. And and I like it to be high scoring for both teams because I, I think when you look at Oregon, defensively they have just struggled on the road this year. It hasn't been as much about their offense on the road, but their defense. I think that their defense struggles again here. Jaden Delora, I really like him, um, and he has really elevated this Arizona squad from a potential over-under season total of, what was it, two and a half? Um, to, 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 you know, I think this could be a four or five win team. I think they will knock off a couple folks in the Pac-12. Um, and I like them to get this cover here and potentially don't be surprised to see this one very, very close um, coming down the home stretch in the fourth quarter. So for that reason, I like the Wildcats plus 13 to cover and maybe get the upset win against Oregon. Well, there you have it. I've got one bonus one for you, Pierce, the Iowa Hawkeyes in Illinois to take on the Fighting Illini. Three and a half points is what Illinois is favored by. I still think this Iowa team outright stinks, uh, and I don't think that they are going to be able to uh, to outscore Illinois, who's got a pretty potent offense so far. I know they haven't played many people, but I think Tommy DeVito has himself a day, and uh, Iowa's not able. Uh, they're going to be able to move the ball, but they're not going to be able to score. So I like Iowa, or I like Illinois, I should say, in that one, plus or minus three and a half points at home. They've been really good against the spread so far this year. All right, that is going to do it here for us. Week six, week five recap, week six preview. Like I said, one big one this week, giving you about an hour and a half worth of content to sort through. Uh, we'll be back next week with our normal two, two a week podcasts. Appreciate you guys being understanding here, playing, playing down a half a man this week. So, uh, gonna go, gonna pretty much just go to sleep now and try to sleep it off because my brain is fu. Z. Make sure you're following us on social media at Bragging Pod. That's Bragging without the G B R A G G I N Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Pierce hits you with the tweets. I try to remember to put stuff on Instagram if, in case we do put things there, you don't want to miss it. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're currently listening to the podcast. Hey, what? Real quick, um, I saw you put out a uh, a pick or a lean, a strong lean last week. Uh, I can't remember who it was. You tagged the podcast handle. Did that end up pulling through? Oh, well, now you're going to put me on the put in the spot. I forgot who it was. I did put out a tweet. Um, I admittedly was in the airport on the way to vacation and had a beer or two in me. Um, I figured. 
<laughs> UTSA uh, minus four and a half over MTSU. I do believe that hit. And I think that hit. Yeah, I good think pick, it hit good by pick. a lot. I saw that so. and and it did perk me. It did get my attention, and I almost yeah. threw threw some on it. Um, so good pick there. Yep. Uh, MTSU off of that. Uh, Yep. Let down spot after taking down Miami. They looked terrible. I almost brought up the fact that they're at UAB this this week, but uh, nine and a half points is a little bit much for me to pick for two teams that I don't watch a ton of, but UAB is a good squad. MTSU, not a good squad. Uh, so yeah, that was my, I saw that and was like, what the hell kind of a line is that? So that was my pick. I do think, like I said, Illinois gets the better of Iowa this week. So, hey, I'm, I'm one for one so far. I'll put out more tweets if I think of things. If I get a couple beers under my... Uh, under my belt, I think. Just inspired. liquid courage, baby. Liquid courage. Little is all liquid you need. courage. Well, hell, I can't bet here legally here in Georgia, so I have to live vicariously through Pierce. All right, that's going to do it here for us at Bragg and Rights. Until next week, I'm Madison. And I'm Pierce. Stay blessed, y'all. <laughs>